wonderful treat. Uh, right through the cameras, going all the way to Arlington, Virginia, is Dr. Eugene Thomas. You, for those of you who uh, remember Dr. Eugene Thomas, he's the one who does the Thursday night service at Recanto the Flame, and he and he sings uh, 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 the communion ritual, and he sings, and uh, we have a wonderful time with him. Gene, thank you for coming this morning and sharing your faith with us. Uh, there's a lot of people listening. And, uh, and if you look throughout uh, our website, they're all over the place, all over South America, Europe, and Asia, and China, and, uh, and, uh, and, and in the United States, all over the South, and even the North. And uh, so we're so glad that we can share the Word. Y'all, y'all continue to pray for me. My heart over here hurts bad, but I'll, I'll make it. So pray for me. Dr. Eugene Thomas. Good morning, everybody. Welcome today. It's a, a joy and, a, and a, indeed a privilege to be here with you to talk a little bit about the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. And I'm delighted to do that, do that with you today. As we begin, I want to have a prayer and uh, this is a little unusual prayer, but it is for prisoners because in our text today, we have two great prisoners, James and Peter. And, and, and we want to just remember that the, the Lord is interested in, in prisoners. Remember, he said he's going to set the prisoners free. So l- let us pray together. Oh, God, who, who spare us when we deserve punishment and in thy wrath remembers mercy. We humbly beseech thee for thy goodness to comfort and succor all prisoners, especially those who are condemned to die. Give them a right understanding of themselves and of thy promises, that trusting wholly in thy mercy, they may not place their confidence anywhere but in thee. Relieve the distressed, protect the innocent, Awaken the guilty, and forth much thou alone brings light out of darkness and good out of evil. Grant to these thy servants in jail everywhere that by the power of thy Holy Spirit they may be set free from the chains of sin and may be brought to newness of life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So we pray for prisoners from the Book of Common Prayer. And we remember that. I don't know about you, but one of the things that's always scared me the worst is, is jail. I, I, don't, I, I don't know why. I wouldn't want to be locked up. I, I declare it's an awful thing to think about. Uh, when I was training for the ministry, and they, they, uh, they took us down to the jail in, in Richmond, which, which was at the time on, a, on Spring Street, a great big old jail, and they carried us through it. And there were there were men in that place stacked in cells up about five stories high. And I remember walking down in front of and being able to look up at cells five stories high with men in each cell. And uh, it, it was a learning experience for me. When we left walking up, there was a man uh, 
working the flowers around the prison, working out in the yard. And he looked over at me and he took his hat off and he said, how did you like your trip to the big house? He said, I didn't like it much. I didn't like that big house. Hope I don't ever come back anymore. But our lesson today goes to the big house. It's from the 12th chapter of the book of Acts. And, and there are main characters in it. One is James and the other is St. Peter. And I'm going to read this in this way, I'm going to read about the death of James, which is the first thing in the 12th chapter, and then the deliverance of Peter when he is in jail and the angel sets him free from the jail. So I'm going to begin reading a, a, a 12th chapter, verse 1, and I'm going to read 1 uh, and 2. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with a sword. And there ends the reading, the first two verses. Theme today, the theme, this is a thematic study today we're doing. I'm going to give a theme. You can do this too when you teach the Bible. Or just think of a theme you want to present that you see in the text and then flesh it out as you, as you read through it. Having read the first one and two verses, I'll tell you what the theme is. Quote, your obstacle can become your opening. Unquote. Your obstacle can become your opening. That's the truth about this text, that this, this text wants you to get into your head. The early church now is in its development process, and it is learning that everything that happens, is a teachable moment. And they are learning that God in, comes into human history in strange ways. Some people die. Some people live. Some people who ought to live die. Some people who ought to die live. You know, it's, just, it's a kind of a worrisome thing. But it is God's plan that this take place. So the planning of God is important. Now, James... What do you think for a moment? This is James, the apostle of the Lord. James, the apostle. He it was John's brother, son of Zebedee. Surely, 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 surely. He shouldn't die, but he does. He does. And he dies by the sword. Some say decapitation. I don't know that that happened, but he died by the sword. Sword killed him. He died, you see. Here's what I want to tell you. Death is not an obstacle, but an opening. <laughs> here's, that, here's that theme again. The death of James was not an obstacle. It was an opening. When he died, another James followed him. You'll see them at the end of the day. Another James, the brother of the Lord, began working with the Jerusalem church. Death it's not an obstacle, but an opening. See? Okay. Now, here in the early church, it was a Christian attitude. They had, they had, they had an uh, attitude about this that was important to remember. They were always ready to die, ready to go. It was a part of being 
a good Christian. And this made them, uh, you couldn't stamp it out. It was a fire that was burning. These Christian mortars, they, they were ready to die. Man, they were just ready to go at any minute. And like a fire in a barn. If you get a fire in a barn and all that straw, the more you stomp on it, you're going to spread it around. And the church was growing like a wildfire. The more they tried to put it out, the more it grew. And the death of James didn't do a thing in the world, but strengthened the Jerusalem church so bad, so strong, that it continued to grow. Herod himself couldn't stomp it out. And the thing is, Rome, Rome, the the ruler of the world, helped it spread. Herod was a Roman. Now, you said, no, he was a, he was a Jew. No, he wasn't. He, he was a Roman. Just, just like Jerusalem was not an Israeli city. It was a Roman city. Israel was Rome. All Rome's, all roads led to Rome. And they were good. And they were numerous. And there were plenty, plenty of them. And it, 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 it was important to remember that, that Jesus didn't come into the world until the world was ready. God's plan was that Jesus would come at the time when the plan was set. There was peace all over the world. There wasn't fighting anybody. No wars. You could travel from place to place. Rome made it ready. And boy, when it was ready, Jesus came. Jesus came. Well, this brings up the subject of the, 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 the deliverance of Peter. Let me read that to you. Reading at uh, chapter 12 on through from verse 3 on through to the end of the chapter. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers. When guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. And a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrist. The angel said to him, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. He did so. Then he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realize what was happening with the angel's help was Real, he thought he was seeing a vision. After they had passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane, when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, 
the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. When he knocked at the outer door, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. He said to her, You are out of your mind. But she insisted that it was so. They said, It's his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. He motioned to them with his hand to be silent and described for them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he added, Tell this to James and to the believers that he left them then and went to another place. When morning came, there was no small commotion among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. When Herod searched for him and could not find him, he examined the guards and ordered them to be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. <laughs> That's the end of that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful verse, that chapter. Well, this uh, whole thing is supposed to impact your feelings. You're supposed to have feelings about this. You're not supposed to think it to death. I mean, I had a grandson one time. I said, I asked him what he was doing. He just said, well, Papa, I just thunk it up. I said, thunk it up. You can thunk this up. You can think, overthink it. Just, you shouldn't do that. It's supposed to move you. The death of James is supposed to touch your heart. And you're supposed to realize that his time had come and he went with the Lord. His going was majestic and it was something to pray and shout and hallelujah about. That's all. And now St. Peter's locked up. Herod's going to do the same thing to him or about to do that to him. And the Lord says, well, no. And picks an angel and says, uh, get on down there and, and deal with it. It's an obstacle. Now, Peter's locked up. He's, he's, nothing's going to happen as long as he stays in jail. So we've got to get him out. Okay. Now, the fact that he gets out is significant because just like James, St. Peter is a great man of God. I mean, great man of God. Do you know this is the first pope? We got, they got the first pope locked up here. He goes to Rome and is crucified upside down, but he has acknowledged as the first pope of Rome. If you look in that catechism, you'll find him there. First one, St. Peter. And they got him locked up. Now, there's a lot of obstacles here. One of them is death. It seems like an obstacle. Oh. But it never is. It never is. Death is a beginning. Death is an opening. There were Roman guards there. And not just ordinary Roman guards. These were, these were, uh, prison guards. And if you, they locked you up, you were going to stay that way. And the reason was, was that they locked one to your left hand and another guard to your right hand. And the text says that Peter is asleep and he's tied with two 
one on each arm, and two standing outside the door. So it's four guards on it. And what does he do in the middle of all that? Why, he goes to sleep. Huh? And that's something. <laughs> I can't even sleep if it's a lawnmower running in the next county. But he can sleep right there, just like a baby between two Roman soldiers who are supposed to be guarding him. That's just a big miracle to me. In the rest of the story, (laughs) he was just laying there snoozing. (laughs) Therefore, Herod later killed the guards. Don't you think that's what Stern? Well, no, because, see, he figured that they had aided and committed in that man's escape. He thought they were mixed up in it somehow. What made him think that? Because one of the first things to become Christians was Roman soldiers. Christianity spread through the Roman army like wildfire. It was everywhere. There's a story. They were up on the Danube River in Austria, and some general had discovered that there were Christians in his in his army, and he he said he found one, and he said, "I'm going to fix you." And he took him out on the river and sat him on the ice naked. He said, you stay here all night long until tomorrow morning. If tomorrow morning comes, you're going to be dead and we're going to know about it. And that's going to be the end of it. And the Roman general went to sleep in his tent. The next morning he got up and he went out and opened the flap on his tent and stood outside and looked. And out there sitting on the ice was 40 of his best legionnaires who had decided to die to go with that one who'd been condemned. You see what I mean? You see how even the story, if it didn't prove it ought to be, it, it just... Gives it gives you some understanding of how they are not afraid to die, not afraid to die, because the Lord is with them. The Lord's going to take them to heaven. They're not afraid of it, and there's power in it, and that's one of the reasons the church spreads so fast. <clears throat> he thought they were involved in the escape of these guards because it was impossible to have occurred otherwise. The obstacles were just too great. He didn't realize that the obstacle. Would, would in fact be an opening. Locked prison door. Oh man, that's nothing. That's nothing to an angel or a God. And it, it, the Bible says that it opened on its own accord, like an automatic door. You remember those doors you walk up to and they would open up for you? Automatic? I just think they're the most wonderful thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I kept going up to them standing there just waiting for them to open up. This is the way it opened. The text makes it plain. The angel didn't go down. The door wasn't unlocked, and they had to open it. No. When they got to the door, they didn't even, they didn't even stop. The door just opened right up. <laughs> Come on up. The point is, that they thought that was an obstacle. That wasn't no obstacle. That was an opening. They could go right on through that door. Mm. The early church learned from this event. It became a theme for them. Theme for them. Nothing is too... Great for you. Nothing is impossible with God. This little servant girl who runs out when Peter uh, finally gets to where the prayer meeting is, and there is a prayer meeting there, and this little girl runs out named Rhoda. Rhoda, her name is Rose. She's the most compelling creature to me in in, in the book of Acts, I think. I, I love this gal. Because she's coming fresh to to be a messenger, see. Somebody's trying to get into the compound. And she runs down there 
And she said, oh, oh, she says she didn't recognize his voice before she even got there. And she spins around, she runs back, and then they think she's crazy, which she may be. I mean, you know, you get a bunch of people in a prayer meeting sometimes, and they get really praying hot and heavy. They look like they're crazy. And then if you pull one or two of them out of it and, and stand them over, the, over here, they look just as crazy as they can be. And so that doesn't surprise me. But Peter says, you know, it's, it's me. And they go back and tell him. And then he moves on. He moves on from there. And uh, a certain girl, who, whose name, by the way, that Rhoda means Rose. Rose, her name is Rosie. And I think she's crazy, but she ain't crazy. Uh, her obstacle had just become an open. Let me mention a few obstacles to, that you may think you have. Okay, then then we'll talk about it a little bit. Now what I'm going to do is make a, do a little bit of a homiletical jump here. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to finish out this theme for you, and we're going to be done. But let me mention a few articles, uh, a few, just, just a few obstacles. One, age, A-G-E, age. You think you're too old for something? Well, look out. Look, watch yourself, because God hears you when you say stuff like that. Do you? And what he will do is he will jump you. Do you remember uh, Zacchaeus, uh, not Zacchaeus, but Zachariah in the temple? You remember that? That's the argument he made when Angel Gabriel came to him, telling him he was going to have a child. His name was going to be John, and John so forth is going to be forerunner of Jesus and all this, that, and the other. And, and Gabriel has got his message thing going, you know. He's going, 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 going. And Zachariah said, wait, wait, wait a minute. You haven't considered something. I, I'm an old man. I'm an old man. Now this, I, 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 this isn't going to happen. And you know what the angel says? He stops. I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I'm Gabriel talking to you. That's all he said. For that, you're going to keep your mouth shut for the next months until the child is born. How you like them apples? Don't fool with an angel. Okay? And they're not doing that, not doing that here. And just follow that angel. The angel don't say much. Just get everything, every obstacle is not written down. Age. Don't you make that argument with the Lord to say, I'm too old. He'll put you in seminary so fast, you don't know where the seat came from. I'm telling you, you don't, don't say I'm too old to, 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 well, this brings up another one for you. Uh, distance. Distance. D-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Distance. A long ways. It's too far. You know, that's, that's another argument that we make all the time. You know, I can't go to Brazil. You know, it's too far. It's too far. I gotta go fly down there. How long, how you know how long I'll be on an airplane getting down there? See, that's, uh-uh. Look out there. You next, you keep argue, you keep that distance argument going, and next thing you're gonna be know you're gonna be walking somewhere another long way to do God's will. You're gonna be on a plane flying somewhere. There's nowhere too far for God. What do you think Paul felt like when he had to go to Rome and walk, walk all the way to Rome? My, my God, I mean, what do you think distance means to them? Nothing, nothing. Here's another one. Here's another obstacle. That can become an opening. Gender. Gender. Your gender. G-E-N-D-E-R. Are you a woman or a man? Are you a man that God is calling to be a nurse? Are you a woman that God is calling to be a, a minister or a preacher or something you can't be or don't think you should be? 
can't be a preacher, can't teach. You can't preach. A woman can't preach. I can't preach. You tell that to Beth, Beth Moore and George Meyer. I, I would, I would never walk 400 miles to hear George Meyer speak. She's a preacher, preacher now. You know, I don't know about the theology. I don't know, but I do know this. She can hold my attention. Hey, your obstacle can become your opening. Your obstacle can become your opening. The obstacles in the 12th chapter here become all great openings. These two wonderful men, I feel for each one. One died, one lived. Oh, the obstacles of life. Well, it's about what the Holy Spirit can do and can do with you. Your obstacle can become your opening, my beloved. And that brings me to an end of my remarks today. I would like to close with a prayer. If you'll listen to me pray a little bit, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, for the beautiful story of the death of James, your humble apostle, and the deliverance of Peter, the first pope of the church. Thank you, Jesus, for this day, your goodness and your mercy. We praise your holy name. Amen. God's mercy so amazes me To every generation He gives the joy of His salvation Oh, God's mercy so amazes me As I watch the world around me I can see his mighty